This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 622 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, Surefoot Equine Stability Program, and TotalSaddleFit.com. On today's show, we'll get a paradressage update from Ellie Brimmer. We're happy to have Alice Tarjan on to talk about the U.S. Olympic selection trials. Wendy Murdoch will talk about what's coming up in her product development. And our trainer tip, Reese and I talk about goal setting. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Well, hi, Phil. How are you? I am doing great. Great. I love this. I love great. Everything's going along. I was like, I was was going to say fine, but actually it has been going pretty great lately. So um, I'm happy to report that and the horses are getting uh, show ready. We're we're running through some tests at this point, and and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, looking forward. I love it. I love it. When when is your first show? Because Canada just just started to open up, right? So, have you guys? Do you have that in the books yet? Uh, I'm entered. I <gasps> believe. I don't know the exact date. That's <laughs> so exciting. Okay. Okay. Well, we got some paperwork going, and that's usually at the beginning of the season. And especially because you guys didn't show it all last year, I'm sure there was some paperwork challenges. Actually, um, actually, they've, you know, um, in the past couple of years, there's been some great online show entry developments that are making things easier. It's just, uh, you know, the problems are a little bit of uh, online navigation and mm-hmm. and and that kind of thing. But uh, I think it's all working itself out, and we got we got our entries in, and and stuff is looking good. So. Uh, Fingers crossed, we'll, we'll, we'll be okay, and Yay. we'll go to a horse show, and we'll we'll see what it is, you know? Yes! Oh, just my so gosh. About, I'm so like, excited just, for you guys. Just being really rusty and... Uh, well, you will having be. Having to deal with show <laughs> nerves and stuff. That's, yeah. Uh, well, I think that's normal, right? Like, I think that's very normal. I mean, you guys haven't been in the ring for almost two years. Once last year. I mean, it just really... Uh, and and as we we talk about a lot, you know, show nerves are going to be normal for everybody. Everybody's going to have them. Uh, you know, we're we're kind of getting back in the swing of things here now because it's midsummer. But you know, it's 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 very much that's normal. <laughs> that's normal. That's the more and more I talk about it, I'm like that's so normal. Like, yeah, I'm just not really that used to it. You know, all, yeah. the, horses, all the horses have upgraded. We're we're getting to into some challenging uh test riding ideas and and having to do more of the the complicated things you know more than one flying change on the line you know (laughs) Uh, yes a steeper kind of half pass and you know that that's a lot a lot more difficult to kind of flub your way through you know anything Mm -hmm. above third level so (laughs) we'll see yes yeah, it'll be great. We'll, we'll knock the rest off. Uh, hopefully, we'll get more than one show in this season, and, uh, yes. and we'll uh, be able to um, get some confidence going. That's yeah. our goal. Well, I love it, and and I will be honest. Like, 
you know, in Florida this year, I showed a lot. I showed almost every week, one, one of my horses or the other. And I will tell you by the end of it, after, you know, 12 weeks, you're just like, okay, here we go. <laughs> you know, you, you don't get nervous anymore, but just I'll be honest. Horse show. Yeah. yeah. It's just another, you know, it's another Thursday or whatever. Um, but since I've been home and, and I don't, I haven't been showing as much like once a month, you know, it's funny how things sort of creep back in. Like it, it's sort of out of routine and we got so good, you know, Sarah, my, my wonderful assistant and I, I mean, we had it, we had it down. So it is, it is funny that, you know, when you come back up North or, you know, in our case, and you're not doing it as much, how those little things creep back in the nerves and the, you know, the questioning, the preparation and that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, we have the same, uh, Sarah is actually going to her, her first show with her youngster this weekend. And it's an unrecognized. We always, we always preach that, you know, it's like, take your time, go to some unrecognized shows. Um, get, you know, it's the experience. In. Yeah. In. yeah. So she's going to head out this weekend. So we're really looking forward to that. And then we have a, a recognized show next week during the week, uh, one of our local sh- uh, farms, which is amazing. And it's a very small one ring show. They're great. Also great just to get some miles and 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 kind of force you to to prep for something. So big Mike's gonna go and and roll through the I one again, uh, which is good for him. He needs to, like me, kind of stay in the ring and and keep the practice going. So we've got that going on too. So we we were doing test riding with a local judge today. She comes in, she's one of my sponsors actually, and and she comes in and and we tell her sort of what test we want to roll through that week and it's been really helpful to have her do that. So it's all, all good in the hood. So, uh, I wish everyone good luck if showing, I think people are out and about again and it's so much fun. So it's, it's exciting for sure. Well, we've got some news coming out about the American team being selected. So, uh, we should, we should congratulate Adrian Lyle and Salvino, Stefan Peters and Suppen Casper, Sabine should carry and Sancio. The traveling reserve will be Nick Wagman and Don John. And the other alternatives are Olivia Lagoy Welts and Bed Ebling. Congratulations, guys. That was a great show, you know, that they put on and, and it was streamed for all those who were lucky enough to see it. And uh, we wish them all the best as they make their way to training camp, I think, in Germany mm-hmm. and then on to the Olympics in uh, Tokyo, Japan. Oh, it's, I, I'm, I'm getting Olympic fever, Phil. I can't wait. And, uh, I think our next guest is too. Uh, our next guest, Ellie Brimmer is currently at, uh, the last CPEDI for the para dressage athletes before their team is selected for Tokyo. So we hope you enjoy. Tonight, we are so excited to have on location at the CPEDI three-star in Tryon, uh, we have Ellie Brimmer on the line. Ellie, welcome back to the show. Hi. Hi, Reese. Hi, Philip. Thank you for having me. We are so excited. I was thrilled that you were on location because we haven't given Para a lot of love coming into Tokyo. And I was just thrilled to have you kind of fill us in on what's going on, a little bit about the selection process. Kind of fill yeah. us in, my friend. And, and also, what's going on with you and your horses? All right. Well, I am so glad to get a chance to talk with you. So, um, me currently, um, I compete, I compete at the three-star level. I have a eight-year-old Danish warm blood gelding and we decided, um, 
to take a little break this winter to work on some training, do some boot camp at home and work on self-carriage and all that good stuff. And so we're still kind of in that process. And um, the plan is to kind of start bringing them out again next fall. But, you know, they're horses and sometimes we need to take some time with them to develop them. So that's <laughs> plan that's A, B, C, and X, you know, like all over the place. Yeah. So I love yeah, it. So that's, that's so cool. So that's where I'm at. But, you know, I decided um, I really wanted to come up and see the competition and be supportive. Um, my my personal coach, um, Andrea Woodard, is here with Roxanne Trunnell. So I wanted to be supportive of them and decided to take a little mini vacation for myself. So I am up here. And so the selection process. So this is our final show in the United States. Um, for para it's a cpdi three star um it is explicitly a selection event there are ways in our criteria where if somebody wasn't at the show they could get on the team but this is a very important show for our riders to be viewed and we have um, a good showing the team that was picked for the three-star competition, all of our three-star competitions are run like Nations Cups. So even if there are no other teams, um, we have a team designated. And that would be Roxanne Trunnell and Sydney Collier in grade one. And Becca Hart with El Corona Texel in grade three. And Kate Shoemaker with Solly in grade four. And I guess going how a team is picked gets a little tricky because able-bodied, you just have everybody doing the Grand Prix, right? So yeah. everybody's yeah. running the same test. So that makes life a little more easier. You're always comparing um, apples to apples. And in para, you have five grades. So um, things become a little more buried, you have to compare apples and oranges and grapefruits and blah, blah, blah. So um, there are some rules in picking a team. Currently for Tokyo, we have three members to a team. There has to be one grade three or lower out of the five grades. They're considered the more disabled of the group. And then there can't be more than two riders from the same grade. So you couldn't stack your deck with all grade one riders because those traditionally have higher scores. And for Tokyo, we are bringing three riders and we are also allowed to bring an additional individual rider. And all four of those riders ride the individual test, which is equivalent to the Grand Prix special on the first day. And then afterwards, after that first day, the official team gets named and three riders go on to continue to the team test. And then of those three riders do the team test, whoever qualifies within their grade to do the freestyle goes on to the freestyle. So um, it's a little more nuanced and a little more dynamic than that. So a lot of variables that go into picking a team. So I'm glad I'm not one of the ones that have to do it. Yeah, I'm sure that can be kind of kind of confusing and and trying to figure out, you know, who who to put on the team and who's the who's the strongest riders. Um, so basically, mm -hmm. all, you know, all four competitors will will begin competing in Tokyo, and then they and then they 
select the 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 team after that first test. So it's kind of, kind of like a drop score. Is that is that correct? A little bit, yep. So um, that's a good way of putting it for sure. And so, like the variables you might take into account is, um, you know, maybe you have a grade where there's, um, you know, if you will obviously want to have a strong team score and go for a team medal, but also maybe there's like a grade if you where you have like less people and maybe there's a chance for them to get an individual medal. So, um, so there there are a lot of dynamics at play, but I think. Um, it seems like our selectors from what I've seen from them is that they are really looking at, at the averages and how the riders are performing and they're, they're going strongly by that, but always there's, there's always some intangibles. So it's really hard to say. And um, we have a lot in Triumph. Um, the team that's for this weekend that I mentioned before, those are a lot of our um, WEG veterans that got medals here in 2018 and Sydney Collier has been on um, our Olympic teams before. So she's also, um, you know, a solid veteran competing. So, but we also have some interesting developing riders coming up. We have a uh, Beatrice de Lavalette in the grade two. She has a new horse who's, um, she should be coming up as well. We have, um, Charlotte Merle Smith, who's a former eventer. She's a based in Ocala. She has a, she's in the grade threes with a really nice horse. And then uh, an interesting one to watch for the future is uh, Cindy Sprinchy. She's in Wellington. She just got a new horse like only a couple months ago and it was over in Europe and went competed in Europe and got some solid scores. So it's nice to see there's, you know, it's, we've got quite a few people coming up the pipeline, so it'll be an exciting show and to see kind of how these spots shake out for people. Oh, it's fantastic. And, and Ellie, will they pick the team after this event or will it be a couple days? It'll be after this event. Um, you know, I can't tell you off the top of my head when the deadline is, but they try to keep it pretty close to the, um, to the FEI deadlines because, you know, there are so many variables and horses and riders and especially, you know, with our para athletes, there's always a chance, you know, not only does the horse get hurt, what if the rider gets hurt or things like that. So they try to keep it pretty close. And I do believe for training camp, they are going to try and be like able-bodied and have five or six riders training in case something goes wrong, we can swap somebody out. And Ellie, where does training camp happen? We'll get the announcement later. And then, um, you know, I think with regards to training camp, we'll also, um, we'll get more information on that later. Riders are planning on training over in Europe and Germany and kind of, it depends on budget and a lot of other things, you know, para is a small discipline. So, um, we always have to, we have always have funding challenges, so we shall see kind of what they're able to do. And it's always tough. It's going to be tough coming off a COVID year, but hopefully um, I'm sure whatever happens, we'll be able to put a good team together. Oh, I think it's awesome. And, and where will there be any live streaming? Do you know where we could watch um, yeah, live? Like, yeah, there will be live streaming. Um, we were trying to come up with, I'm not sure if we'll have commentary, but 
There will definitely be a live stream um, on the Tryon website for this competition. So I encourage everybody to watch. They are setting it up like the format in Tokyo. So everybody is doing the individual test first. And we're doing the background music like the Able Body did for their special. And then the next day will be the team test. And then the following day will be the freestyle. And we are Friday and Saturday. The first two days will be under the lights at night. So we're starting at 8 p.m. And that will be a really good practice for everybody because para is going to be similar to Able Body. They're going to try and escape the heat and do a lot of night classes. Um, over in Tokyo. So we're trying to get everybody geared up for that. So um, it'll be a good weekend activity. Put on your jammies and do some live streams. <laughs> yes, um, exactly. Yeah. And then, I love uh, it. And then uh, Sunday morning will be the freestyles. So we, we always do all three tests, unlike able-bodied. That's a lot. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that is a lot. So that's, it is, you know, mm-hmm. it really, it really is taxing. So it's a good endurance test because, you know, it's hard for all of us to make our horses, you know, go through three days of showing and keep them all in top form in a new venue and everything else. That's Yeah. I mean, that's how for everybody that is just, it's a long, it's a long road. Um, it's mm-hmm. a long week for sure. Well, Ellie, we are so thankful for you coming on and kind of filling us in because honestly, Philip and I didn't know that what was going to happen or what the criteria was. So I'm so yeah. glad you kind of got us all up to speed and, uh, you know, we're fingers crossed for everybody. We, we love all mm-hmm. of the riders and the pair community is such a cool community. And we're just so thankful that you were able to come on, but also that you're there and supporting your teammates is, is pretty awesome. I hope if your listeners, uh, have any questions about para, they look up in information on USEF and we have the United States Paraquestrian Association and there's always people uh, willing to reach out and give more information to people. So, And Ellie, how about you? Can If our listeners have any questions, yeah. can they reach out to you as well? Absolutely. You can give out my email for sure and I would be happy to help people. Okay. Well, we can get that in the show notes. So thank you so great. much, yes, Ellie, for you. your time. And we hope you have a great rest of your vacation and enjoy supporting the whole Team USA uh, as they go oh, through the, sure. the final Tokyo process. So thanks, Ellie. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Have a good one. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. Have you heard of Saccharomyces boulardii? It's a yeast, a type of probiotic. Often referred to as S. boulardii, it benefits your horse's digestive tract in several different ways. One unique property of S. boulardii is that it supports the stimulation of something called brush broader membrane enzymes that are found in the intestinal lining. These enzymes help your horse digest starches and sugars in the small intestine. When the sugars and starches are more completely digested, fewer of them escape into the hindgut where they can ferment and cause imbalances that lead to colic, diarrhea, and laminitis. Saccharomyces boulardii is found in Nalox Advanced, made by Kentucky Performance Products. Nalox Advanced contains a blend of yeast, fermentation solubles, and stomach buffers. These ingredients work together to maintain your horse's digestive tract in peak condition. 
Nalox Advanced is recommended for horses of all ages and stages and is fed on a daily basis. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Well, tonight I am so excited to have Alice Tarjan on the line. She's coming off of an amazing Olympic test event with her mare Candescence, also called Vixen. Welcome to the show, Alice. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, 73.8, 74.28 in the in the special. Wow, you must be proud. Yeah, I'm really happy. <laughs> <laughs> I was proud for you. I was watching and I was like, I felt like I rode the test, you know, I don't know how many, nine times or 10 times. I yeah, was exhausted. I, <laughs> Whew, I mean, I was like, wow, I am exhausted. I rode that many tests for everybody because it was just so fun to see you guys out there. And I know what it means and how much work you've put into it. So tell us a little bit about Miss Vixen. You've had her a long time, right? Yeah, we bought her as a four-year-old. Um from the auction in Germany and imported her. And then, yeah, we've had her since then. That's amazing. And so tell us a little bit about her history with you and, and what, how you've gotten her to this point. I mean, it's an amazing, amazing accomplishment. Um, I bought her actually because I wanted a fox hunter and horse. No. <laughs> you're supposed to be like a multi-purpose sire. Can you, can um, you buy me a fox hunter? Four white socks. <laughs> and it's not so easy to find a whole spider that's black with four white socks. Yeah. Can you find me uh, a fox hunter quotation marks? Can you please find me yeah, a fox hunter? Right. That'd be exactly. amazing. Well, I didn't want it was a complete failure. It obviously, because <laughs> I was scared to death of the horse when we first got it. So it took me a while to get comfortable riding her. And then by the time I figured out how to ride her, I was like, Oh wow, this horse is pretty interesting as a dressage horse. So that's where she stayed. Did you do, yeah. did you do any jumping with her or was that just a no, no, go from the no, no, no go from the beginning. Okay. <laughs> and Alice, you have a jumping great. history, right? You have a jumping history. Well, I used to event. Yeah, yeah. I still fox on and stuff. Yeah. You're pretty gutsy. I'm just saying, if you didn't ride her, she must have been a wild cat. Just saying. She was, no, but she was like, well, she's still not so easy. She was like a little rank and a little bit sour. Like, really? Yeah. Like, I got on her as a mounting block and like she pins her ears and pushes her tail and like I couldn't get her to walk off the mounting block. And I'm like, I'm not going to fight this out. Like, this is bad. So I got <laughs> off and I called my friend Lauren and made her come up to quarantine and help me ride her. And she was fine. <laughs> she kicked her around. She's like, oh, you'll be fine. I don't know what the problem is. I was like, all right. And then it was fine after that. But it took me a little while to get comfortable enough with her to really feel like I could, you know, kick her around a little bit and get her going. So by the time that I figured it out, then it was like, oh, wow, like this horse is really cool. So. So, um, Candescent was the, the top place mayor in that observation event. Would you, would it be typical for you to search out a mare, or is that just something that happened and, and now are you riding more mares? We have a barn. It's, it's all mares other than the three stallions. I don't, I don't have any geldings. I don't want to buy geldings. I like the mares and the couple of stallions. I like the mares mostly because if I have a problem with them, I can breed them. Like, what are you going to do with a, yeah, with like a lame seven-year-old gelding? Like, God forbid you have some catastrophic injury to it. Like, you got to just throw it in the field. But if it's in there, it's not a problem. I just breed it, throw it in the field, you know, take it out the next year. There's sound rod and off we go again. And you do a lot of breeding as well, don't you, Alice? Um, a little bit less so now. Um, I've got a lot of horses right now, so I'm trying not to <laughs> breed anymore or buy anymore. I'm not terribly successful at that, but that was sort of my idea. <laughs> I don't know. I think you're pretty successful with the young horses, my friend. You're like my young horse idol. 
So I think you're very, it's amazing how you can produce these horses. And so as you did develop this girl, what were some challenges that you had and what were her strengths as well? Oh, she's been really not so easy to bring along. Um, she's actually really cold, which nobody would believe, but she's really yeah. cold. So I wouldn't believe that. Yeah. Takes a lot of thought to try to keep her motivated and on your side, but when she's on your side, she'll fight for you. Just she'll fight for you just as hard as she'll fight against you, you know? So it's just a matter of trying to play her game enough that she wants to play it. And then, you know, the horse has shown a ton of talent all the way, you know, since I got her, but especially like through this, you know, so you train her up and she knows all the movements, then you're like, all right, so the horse can do all the movements and she has the ability to do them well, but trying to get consistently in the ring has been basically impossible. Like, so this whole Florida season, it was just, you know, you go through the test, you're like, well, this was better, but that wasn't as good. And this was better. And that wasn't as good. And I lost her here. And these are the first two tests I ever felt like she really stayed with me the whole test. So I'm really excited because if we can build on that in the future, that would be really exciting, I think, for us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, in, in my experience, you can you can push on a gelding, but you have to outthink a mare a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. and be be a little bit smarter about things and, you know, be willing to you know, maybe not, maybe finish uh, a training day or something like that on not a great note and just try and think about it for a day or maybe even two or three and then, and then try and get back on. Because again, in my experience, you know, if you're, you don't get into a battle with a mayor because you will probably lose. And, uh, but also in my experience, if you can get them on your side and you get them they're they're way better than, than, uh, you know, geldings, but it's just, it's just got to be smart and you got to be, you know, not, not aggressive at all. And, and really maybe have a little yeah, bit more sugar, sugar on your tactful, side and, you I know, think. that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 I think you have to be really tactful of how you go about asking them for things. But I do think that once they they understand what you want and if they want to play with you, they, they'll give you everything they got. There's no question. It's just a matter of trying to channel that energy. So Alice, how did you prepare for this event? Because it was at night. The horses really haven't gone at night this year. Uh, not very much. Um, and kind of how did you prepare for the heat and and all the things that you had to go through sort of during the observation event? Yeah, so I was worried about the heat, but I guess it turns out it was hotter in New Jersey for the most part than it was down there when we were down there. <laughs> um, it was warm, but it, I don't think it was any warmer down there than it was like when we're at the end of season in Florida. So the heat really wasn't such a problem. And for that horse, that horse will go through anything for you anyway. I mean, it could be 200 degrees and she would still go if you ask her to go i mean that horse doesn't quit she's just she's a fighter so it really wasn't an issue i think for her at all and uh the lights i wasn't worried about the lights because she's not very spooky per se but she's definitely like at global we had a really hard time this year trying to just get her to settle and so i was worried about that but we're over at west and it was nice because it was quiet because it was only the dressage horses there right and it's a much bigger showgrounds than global and there's a lot more space and they have like horse paths all between the rings and stuff. So I could like, you know, we could train her a little bit and then I could go out like hacking around the showground and at global, you can't do that. It's like just basically mm-hmm. like living on a parking lot, you know, like, mm-hmm. she never settled yeah. at global, but she was much, much happier at, at West. So I was really happy about that. So it was good because it translated over to like, like she walked much better than she ever did at global for sure. Like she was much more relaxed for that. So that really worked to my advantage. I think actually like, awesome. yeah, it was interesting because, Cause like you go in and, and you know, like I didn't ride till nine. I think the class started at eight or whatever. So yeah. like, yeah, you're walking around, like trying to like walk off stress, you know, before you ride yeah. and you go and you look at the stadium to have an idea about what you're looking at. You know, the whole VIP is all full and like all the noise and the lights and everything. And you're like, well, you know, if they wanted to look like 
they could, but she's just really good. Like she just doesn't. Yeah. She really doesn't look. Yeah. Good. And in their, they're back more at, at WEF at global, the, the VIP tents right on top of the arena at, at WEF it's back. So that does help too. I think. Yeah. I, yeah. She was just very settled there. I was like, she, the lights did not seem to be a problem at all. And riding at night, which doesn't surprise me. That horse is pretty tough like that, but, um, but she was just much happier there. So that was, it worked out well for us. That's it's, awesome. a, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a shame that, you know, if your horse doesn't like global, it's going to be too bad for like 12 CDIs mm-hmm. in a row, something like that, you know, that's, yeah, I'm going to have to figure out yeah, how to try to keep her happier there for sure. I mean, and then now of course there's some alternatives, right? We could go up to a cow and do try on and stuff too. So we're talking mm-hmm. about maybe doing that. Um, hopefully, you know, she settles that global, obviously that's, you know, the easiest place to go. So yeah, we'll see and keep working on it, but it was, it was nice at least to know that it's possible, you know, for her to relax at a showground to some extent and that we could get through it and she'd stay with me. So I was really pleased about that. Fantastic. So what is, what's the plan now with her? Um, she's out in her field. She's hanging out. Um, <laughs> I'll probably hack her a little bit next week and then start putting her back to work. I think we'll probably try to go to Chicago, you know, for the Grand Prix championship in August and then go from there. I don't really know. I guess we'll see how she goes yeah. and decide from there. Is, Got uh, it. Is, is Devin a possibility in the fall? Yeah, we could do Devin. We're talking about maybe doing regionals in Kentucky or something. Or I mean, like I said, because then there's also like the CDIs, right? There's Ocala and Triumph. So I don't know. I guess we'll just see how she's going and how the other horses are going and what direction we want to go in. Yeah, because you have a whole string of more. You have more horses, don't you? Yes, there's lots of other ones. <laughs> she's not, yeah, she's not an only child. So. Yeah. <laughs> she's she not an only child. Well. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you've got lots of other ones. Um, yeah. I love it. So Alice explain to everybody just because we, after the observation event today, they pick the team, right? So can you kind of explain yep. to everybody sort of what happens now, uh, with the team going to Tokyo? Cause you frankly know better than we do. From what I understand, they're going <laughs> to, they're going to send four people are going to fly to, well, they're going to send six people over, right? So that's the three people on the team. Next is the reserve and then Olivia and then Ben. They'll send those six over to Europe. And I guess maybe Olivia and Ben are going to do Rotterdam, but I'm not sure. And then they're all going to go to camp. And then they all have to quarantine at Aachen. And then assuming that the top four are fit, then they'll send those four to Tokyo. And I guess they can substitute Nick in until like the very last minute. Um, I don't know if they jog all the horses or how it works. But anyway, so I guess the alternate can go into the very last minute. So those four will go over to Tokyo and the other two will come home. Fantastic. Wow. Well, uh, you know, thank you so much for the insider information and, and hearing how the selection trials went or the observation event. And it was just so fun to see you and Cadescence go. And, and I was so excited and proud uh, for you both. And we can't wait to look forward to your career with her because she's still a young lady, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. She's only 11. So hopefully we're just starting. That would be the hope. Yeah. That is awesome. Well, congratulations again. And we can't wait to see you at whatever show you decide to go to next. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. 
Well, everybody had a favorite morning drive show in the days we all listened to radio. They were goofy, funny, and entertaining. You can have that again, only this time it focuses on life with horses. We are here every weekday on your podcast player. Search for Horses in the Morning and come join us. We are a little goofy, hopefully funny and entertaining, and you might learn something along the way, too. We are the world's leading daily podcast about horses since 2010, with over 2,600 episodes for you to binge on. Subscribe today. What are you waiting for? Pull your phone out of your pocket, blow off the hay, and subscribe to Horses in the Morning. Well, tonight, one of our favorite monthly guests are back on the show, Wendy Murdoch from The Murdoch Method. Wendy, welcome back. Hi. Thank it's so nice to talk to you guys. It, it's always a boost, even when not everything's going well. It's a boost to talk to you guys. We love having you. And I mean, I think there's still so many challenges right now in the entire world. And I think we're all dealing with them. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just, just right now it's, it's difficult. And, and you kind of have some very exciting things happening, don't you? I do. And you know, um, I don't know if you follow astrology at all, but Mercury is in retrograde. And when that happens, Mercury actually appears to move backward in the sky, but communications and electronics and all those kinds of things are affected. And I feel like I'm in the middle of retrograde with everything that's going on, but we've got a lot of really exciting things coming. They're just, they've gotten delayed. So, um, but I can tell you about what's coming because I'm I'm, really excited excited about it. Me too. I'm excited. um, I don't know. Um, on Facebook, I put up a post that we acquired 6,000 square feet of warehouse space. And I, I mean, I, I, Brad just took a picture of me pointing to the sign and we put it up and we got like over 500 likes on that one p- picture, which I was so surprised because I didn't realize people were following that, that so much. But we're so excited about the warehouse space because it's going to allow us to expand and do a lot more creative things. We're still in the process of getting it set up. We've had it since April. And I was hoping that we would have moved out of my house because literally Surefoot is run out of my house. And we're um, we're kind of drowning here. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand I- that. I can imagine you, you yeah. kind of kind of looking like a hoarder who's like <laughs> stepping over surefoot pads and then the, then the balls are hanging out over here and then there's oh, yeah. total, total saddle chairs everywhere. Yeah. Oh, and my and my my setup for my webinars is like stuck in the middle of that because it's the only place <laughs> I have. So I you know, to get to my chair to do my Zoom meetings, I have to like crawl around. you know the beauty of a of a a background on zoom is that nobody can see where you're really sitting it's so nice so good it's so amazing yes yeah i was really from a fellow person yeah i mean that's in a a small space yeah that's that's like critical that's amazing and so you know so we're really excited about getting into the new space so we can um, actually move out of my basement and then expand and uh, we're getting closer we we've got um you know, we had to have the electrician and all those things. Okay, so fine. But when we get there, we're going to be able to make boot inserts for therapy boots with our materials. So I've got sitting right in front of me, I've got um, the the boot inserts that we're going to be making. We're going to call them hoof patties. Oh, okay. Yeah, hoof patties. Really? And they're going to come in firm, soft, and, and hard. And right now we have size two and three. So, you know, if your horse is in cloud boots or you're transitioning out of shoes or, you know, you, you need a therapy boot for some reason, you can use our surefoot hoof patties. <laughs> and, you know, so 
one of the things that has happened this summer is that my horse went uh, lame and it turned out that he was abscessing, but we didn't mm. realize it was the back foot because he was so lame in front. So mm. I wound up actually getting to use my own product and find out how good it works. And it was amazing. So, you know, I did the emergency strip uh, trip to the store to get the cloud boots and I popped the, in, the inserts that they had in and I put in the hard material. And it was really amazing because I could take them out at night and they would start to re-expand, re, um, but you could see the imprint of his foot and see where he was putting his weight and how he was landing. And I used them for weeks and they, they worked amazing. I was so surprised because, you know, we hadn't planned on making a size four, um, but of course my horse needed a four, so we had to hand cut him. <laughs> so you did. Big, yeah, big, exactly. Now size four is yeah. on the queue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to get a mold for the size four die cut so we can do those um, once we get going. So we're a little behind in production because we bought the clicker press, which is the thing that's going to help us mass produce these. And when it said, don't load on top, somebody loaded stuff on top. And when we got it, it all the controls were broken. So uh, <laughs> I know it's just like, shipping issue. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we're really excited about this new product, but it's a little delayed because things happened um and we've got to get that resolved with the sh insurance and the shipping company that, but it's that is so cool oh my gosh i i cannot wait because actually my neighbor who's a, a very good show jumper literally called me last night at 6 p.m and was like do you have booties and i was like i do but they're not great and she's like i need them so i would much prefer to have given you given her your booties uh because uh they are you know and it's one of those things that if you need them you need them and yeah and they're so and you need them right away mm -hmm. <laughs> like when i was running to the store um, yeah <laughs> yeah but at least now i've had practical experience with my own product and i know it works that's so, so cool you know, that's really cool and that's great and then the other thing that we have is something that i created and i call them lookup glasses so they're not here yet this is just a little heads up but what's the one thing instructors yell more than anything else at um, a student I, especially i can't wait I'm, I just am literally going to just be like, I'm going to have a basket of them and like grab one of these bad boys. Let's go. Exactly. That's right. And so, you know, it's going to be an inexpensive item. They're, you know, they're self-explanatory. They're pretty simple. But, the, you know, the thing is that people don't realize they're looking down. It's no. it's not conscious, right? We we look down because we're trying to feel or we're watching our horse's head and it does affect our horse. We all know that. But getting yelled at to look up doesn't work because we don't know we're looking down. But with our look-up glasses, it's going to block your field of vision so that looking down doesn't have a reward. And that's really what you have to do is you have to make it so there's no value in the activity. So there's no value in looking down. So what are you going to do? You're going to look up. And it works so easy. So cool. So yeah. cool. I can't wait. Well, seriously, I'm having a basket. If people will be training themselves or they'll, they'll fire Reese and I and, and then <laughs> we'll have no use anymore. And Wendy, you're putting us out of business. Oh, no. There's, we need you. We need both of you. Of course. <laughs> um, but it will take the stress out of your job because I know as a riding instructor that getting people to look up has always been, you know, it's like they don't do it on purpose. They're not trying to make my life miserable. They don't <laughs> even know they're doing it, right? Yeah. Sometimes we think, oh, my God, you're just trying to make. No, they aren't. It's, no. it's just unconscious. And so if you just remove the temptation and make it so it's no value, they stop. And then the horses, I, I had this one lesson, and I, I will tell you about this. Um, 
I was filming for uh, something and we had this woman and she was cantering on her horse and her horse was okay. Her dressage horse. And I put the glasses on her and it was like an OMG movement. The horse got round. He came up in the withers and I was like, wow. And, you know, we don't think about the weight of our head being that little bit forward that affects their balance, but it does. And so when Mm. you, when you look up and when, you know, you take away the need to look down, then the horse can perform. And it, that was, I, I mean, that was such an amazing moment. It's like burned in my brain. I can see that rider every time I think about it. It's amazing. Um, well, and I think so the cool. head is, is the gateway, right? And that yeah. goes forward, right? Then the shoulders start to go forward. Like everything starts to go forward at that point. And mm-hmm. it's like, the, it's the gateway drug. <laughs> you know, it's like starts <laughs> everybody going forward and it's like, stop doing that. So I think it makes total sense that if you just get people's heads up and, and don't let them look forward and start to, to fall forward, that's, that's amazing. So, yeah, I love so it. you know, I'm always looking for ways to, to help riders that they can do on their own. It's like the Franklin balls and the anywhere saddle chair. It's stuff they can work on on their own because, you know, we don't always get the chance to ride as much as a professional or, you know, um, like you guys. And so it's really helpful to have other ways of just improving our overall balance, our overall function, our freedom in our hips, you know, just those simple things that can help us warm up so that we get the most out of the lesson with you guys. Oh yeah. I mean, and, and I mean, I, you have also the Franklin balls. I mean, Wendy, those are such an amazing tool. Uh, I I don't know what I did before I met you, Wendy. I (laughs) (laughs) I really don't because you know, all of these, these are tools that you've developed, um, and figured out ways to help people. And once people feel it and feel, you know, their seat moving better or sitting, in a different angle that, that you're actually more comfortable. Once you start to feel that. mm -hmm. Yeah. I've had great feedback on the balls about just warming up the riders. And then they're like, okay, you know, now I've got students that just, you know, they're using them and they're like, Oh, I just need two more minutes with my Franklin, you know, with with the balls and (laughs) and then I'll be ready for you. And I'm like, cool. No problem. Great. But it's so Mm -hmm. cool. Cause it just, like I said, it makes everybody's life easier because they're warmed up and ready you're not frustrated because they can't do what you ask because they're not warmed up and ready. You know, it's just, it's that preparation. And I think, you know, the whole idea of getting ready to ride, whether that's using surefoot pads to make sure your horse is ready or Franklin balls or the anywhere saddle chair, it's so important that we get ready to ride and that we warm up and prepare. And, you know, I, I recently had a webinar where I was, um, it was really interesting that um, Sarah Schlote was my guest and she was talking about, I was thinking of, you know, that, that what we are always worried about is, am I safe? So as a rider, a lot of the behaviors are because we don't feel safe or we're worried the horse is going to do something. And a lot of the horse's behavior is because he doesn't feel safe, but she tweaked it a little bit. She says, do I feel safe as opposed to, am I? And I thought, you know, that's a really important thing because riding is feeling and we need to feel balanced. We need to feel secure. The horse needs to feel grounded and secure and comfortable. And so it's it's really the feeling sense that that what all this stuff that I have addresses as opposed to the thinking sense where we can kid, you know, we can kid ourselves, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's good. I'm ready. You know, you've heard that one a million times, right? That little high boy, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah. But when you feel secure, when you feel ready, when you feel you know, grounded, then you are, and you're 
comfortable and you're confident and you can go in and do your best, whether it's a horse or a person. And so, so much of what I, you know, I'm about is helping people and horses feel secure and balanced. And that's the key because then you're available. You're available to perform. You're available to communicate. You're available to be a partner. You're available to listen, to be able to, you know, do what the instructor says. But the minute you don't feel safe, or secure, then there's a part of your nervous system that is 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 always is buzzing around on that, and you only hear half of what the teacher says. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so true. It's absolutely true. Once you once you're balanced in the saddle, everything helps. And that helps your confidence. And once you have, you know, it just it, it spirals everything in the in a, in a positive way. Yeah. So I think it's so cool. I just I love all of your tools. And so kind of give us an idea when are when will these products be available? When do we kind of keep an eye on them? <laughs> okay. Or, heavy sigh. You heard the heavy sigh. Heavy, right? I, yeah. Heard the heavy sigh. Okay. Yeah, I did. So the I anywhere did. uh the lookup glasses, those should be available uh, in July, because I know that they're on their way and we just have to uh, finish up the, the, te- the, the packaging, right? So they should be available, um, pretty soon. Um, we're trying to get the clicker press fixed so we can make the boot inserts. So I, I can't quite give you a date, but mm-hmm. maybe let's sure. hope by August. Cause we have to resolve that. The Surefoot pads, those are available. So of course you can always get Surefoot pads for your horse. I taught some lessons the other day and there was this one horse who was imported from Europe and he was terrible for the farrier until they did surefoot. And then now he picks up his feet and says, here, you want my foot? And he's a young guy, you know, kind of a little. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I just love hearing those stories because that's, you know, that makes my heart sing when I know that there's a horse out there that's in better balance and happier about what we need. So that's great. So Wendy, where, where can we find the products? So um, you can find everything on MurdochMethod.com on the shop. And um, that's where all the training aids are for the riders and the surefoot pads. When we get new products and they're up there and ready to go, we'll put them up there. And of course, if you join my mailing list, if you just go to MurdochMethod.com and join my mailing list, you'll get an email every week that lists all the webinars that are upcoming for that week. I have some great guests lined up. I'm just, you know, I think... I had no idea. I've done over 215 webinars. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So um, they're all available on the Surefoot Equine YouTube channel. But if you subscribe to my newsletter at MurdochMethod.com, then you'll get an email. And then when the new products are ready, it'll be in the email because I'll just announce it right there. Um, and of course, on Facebook, Murdoch Method and Surefoot Equine. So um, yeah, that's where you can find me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Wendy, we can't wait for everything to get in. And next month, it will be a new month. And yes, we we'll be out of Mercury retrograde. It'll be a new month, and I'm really looking forward to it so that we can get <laughs> onward with things. <laughs> onward. I love it. Well, Wendy, as always, thanks so much for coming on the show, and we can't wait to hear next month. Yeah, great to talk to you guys. So, you know, have a good month, and we'll talk to you next time. Well, Phil, we were we were just talking with Wendy about different aids that help riders uh, feel the right things. And we are such a fan of the Total Saddle Fit Stability Stirrup Leathers because they help with that. And I think that goes right on brand at this point for us. And uh, they're a fan- fantastic product. And they really do make a difference in how your leg is more stable on the horse. Yeah, I think I think the the products from Total Saddle Fit are great because they're not exorbitantly expensive either. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can get get something that's going to help your riding 
um, with the with the stability stirrup leathers, and they're not going to cost you an arm and a leg, and they they're not going to wear out because all the products from them are uh, well made, great quality leather, all the great things that that we look for in in products. Yeah. Exactly. And we have told everyone, which is really important. I did it again this week. Check your stirrup leathers because you really do, you know, there, they are something that you do. You will replace over time um, for, for any good quality. You still have to pay attention to it or your, your, your holes. I pulled someone's, uh, we were changing the stirrups and I, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is not good. You need to fix this. So um, they're a great a great resource. So check out totalsaddlefit.com. Uh, they do a great job. Justin there, uh, make sure that all the products are fit, fantastic quality, good price, and they will help keep your leg more stable. So we really hope that helps. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, Phil, for this week's Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week, we've got a we've got a question that kind of arose um, from a webinar I did for the Arkansas Dressage Society. I had one of our listeners reach out and ask if I would come on, uh, and I've I've done that for several clubs during COVID times, and I'll still extend it if we have a listener that wants me to come on and do a webinar, um, or I have a couple lectures that I can do. Uh, and I really enjoy that. You know, everybody seems to have a glass of wine. I, I hold off on the wine, but, uh, you know, and, and enjoys kind of sitting and chatting and, and, uh, I did one on goal setting. So we had some questions come through and I, and I sent them to Phil and, and said, we should keep these, um, for when we do our total saddle fit tip of the week. So Phil, you've got a great question for us. Yeah, this is something that maybe we haven't covered before, and it's sort of an interesting question. Is It's about how do you keep yourself from setting unrealistic goals for your horse? So yeah. I, I really I really like that one because, uh, you know, we want to be setting goals, we want to be achieving goals, but we have to be sure that they are uh, realistic, especially as far as our, our horse is concerned, that we, that we don't think that we're going to be somewhere where we're, where we, where we're not going to be or, you know, and, uh, it's, it's kind of a great, a great discussion. Well, I I think it is true. You know, I mean, I think goals, you know, by nature you want, I I think there's different ways to set goals, right? I think there's goals where you say, and, and I ask my students, you know, or when I meet a new student, I'm like, what, what are your goals? What's your big goal? What dream big, you know, what is it? Olympic games, Young Rider Championships. I mean, what's the big one? What are we going after? And then I start to ask students to sort of narrow them down. And sometimes people set goals like, okay, I want to, I want to get my bronze medal. That's a, that's a very common goal that we, I think you and I get quite a lot, Phil. And, and I say, okay, awesome. I love that bronze medal. Um, you know, then you have to start looking at the details like, okay, well, what kind of horse do you have? You know, are you able to ride that horse more than once or twice a week? You know, and then you start getting pretty specific about getting to the bronze medal. I always talk about, and I saw this narrative on Facebook and I love it because it was two different ladders. One ladder had very kind of tightly or, or very close rungs. So you would take one rung and go to the other one. The other ladder had a rung that was too high for the person to reach. They couldn't even get on the ladder because the first rung was too high. 
And I loved that analogy because, you know, that's the same with setting realistic goals. Like you need to start with, is your horse able to even reach that goal? You know, if you have a horse that that is not going to do a flying change, then that horse, it's not realistic to say, I'm going to be able to do that this year. Because if you need to teach your horse a flying change or fix a flying change, then that's a totally different ball game, if that makes sense. Uh, So I think when you set goals, first of all, you have to have sort of the right horse. Then you have to have the right mindset for yourself. And that is, am I, am I fit enough to reach that goal? You know, if I, if I'm riding once or twice a week, um, and have a lot of other commitments, then maybe your goal is to get to a schooling show. Uh, you know, I, I, again, you you have to be realistic and really look at how many times are you actually at the barn? How much are you actually riding? Um, all of those things to sort of make your goal realistic. Does that make sense, Phil? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, the, the big, the big thing here is that you have to consult with some experts, um, and mm-hmm. discuss your goals with people who know, or people who have been there, or, you know, your, your circle of friends or, or your, your community to make sure that everybody thinks your goal is realistic. And, and I have no problem. I mean, it's great. Let's, let's dream big, right? Let, let's, uh, Let's set high goals, but maybe you have to think this is a 10-year goal. This is a five-year goal. This is, like you said, you have to have quality, realistic steps to be, to be on your journey towards maybe it's riding pre-St. George or, you know, like a big goal like that or riding Grand Prix. There are lots of great, you know, big goals to be, to be striving for, but like Reese said, you have to kind of break it down into realistic steps. And you need to talk to your trainer about what your goals are and whether they're realistic uh, as far as, you know, the horse that you have and, and you know, what are your dreams for that horse? And, uh, you know, so you can set some goals for yourself as a rider, but maybe not specific to your current horse. That's great, too. Right. Um, and then your trainer is going to help guide you into what they think realistically the horse that you're riding right now can achieve so that, you know, your expectations on the horse are not, you know, um, too big or, or too much pressure on, on the certain horse. And, you know, they, we say this, everybody says it, it's not, you know, it's not really about achieving that big goal. You want to be able to do that, but it's about the journey there and you have to enjoy it and your horse has to enjoy the process as well. So, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, riding is hard. Riding is a really difficult dressage is a difficult sport because there's two of you involved in the, you know, in, in your goal setting and your planning and, and, you know, what you want to achieve. So I think that that's a really important discussion to have, um, with your trainer because, um, you know, there's certain situations is, you know, I mean, you can ride one horse for 10 years and it's not going to make Grand Prix no matter, you know, no matter what you do, mm-hmm. but you can have a success and achieve a lot of great things on the way there. And then perhaps you have to have a tough conversation with your coach about when it's time to move on from that current horse or, or what, what you're going to do with that. So again, you know, your community is great for providing you with feedback and setting realistic goals and um, being able to set achievable goals. 
Very good. Very good. Well, Phil, as always, we love email and Facebook shout outs. We love when people reach out to us. Uh, we're here. We, we're, we're trying to develop this community and we love all you guys and we love our interactions. And uh, our last final announcement is don't forget our book club book, which everyone is loving. And this is just, it's a timely book. Uh, it's John Haim, Ride Big. And we hope you guys are, are reading it and we're going to do our review soon. So keep that in mind. Well, as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to try and find me is through Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. That's Kentucky Performance Products, Murdoch Method, and Total Saddle Fit. Don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we look forward to talking with you next week. Mm-hmm.